Hello friends, how is everyone doing today? I hope that you are all having a great day today. Thank you for tuning in to the Health Formation Podcast. My name is Katie, I am your host. I really feel like I haven't been on the mic in a while to talk to you guys. I know that we had our bonus Script Your Future episode last week. Thank you to anyone who listened to that episode or maybe found our podcast through that channel. So happy to have you, but I just feel like I haven't been able to carve out some time to just get on here and record an episode. I know things have just been really busy with work. I I've had an unexpectedly busy semester. I don't think that I was in the right kind of headspace for the amount of new things that I took on this semester. So I am pretty happy that our students are getting a little break for the next two weeks and I can kind of play catch up on some of my other responsibilities and hopefully get some new content out there for you. I I'm getting Marcus back on the mic next week for another episode with him. Um, And today I do have an interview that I did with um, actually someone that I met in the same plant-based support group where I met Mark from episode 15. Um, Her name is Alex and she shares her story about her journey with her gastrointestinal issues and how really cleaning up her diet and fixing her nutrition and her physical activity helped with her her UC that she's struggling with. I hope that you enjoy this episode. I do want to say, so at one point in my conversation with Alex, we start to talk about her favorite essential oil, which is frankincense. So I, of course, wanted to do a little research on that and see what the data says about frankincense. So I did a PubMed search. I found actually a lot of animal model data utilizing frankincense um, for cancer and cancer cells in rat models. So maybe we'll see something with that in the future. Um, But there is a little bit more data of the use of frankincense for some more common uses. Um, And so if you look it up, um, the frankincense extract is Boswellia. So you may also find additional information if you look up Boswellia. If you're looking it up on natural medicines, there's a lot of data for Boswellia as an anti-inflammatory. So it works for, as a potent anti-inflammatory, good for osteoarthritis. Um, So We're always looking for additional options to treat pain and inflammation, so this could be a good option. Um, And then it also has some data as an expectorant, which really makes sense because of the smell of it, if you think about how frankincense, the scent behind it. Um, And then also an antiseptic and possibly even an anti-anxiolytic. So there is data to support the use of frankincense, and I think the big takeaway that I got from the conversation with Alex and the part about the essential oils is really that you need to do your research. This is the same as any other supplement, and it goes back to what I harp on, which you'll hear me harping on this again with CBD. You know, quality is just so questionable with these products, and so maybe frankincense or boswellia are the best herbs that you could possibly use for osteoarthritis, but if you don't have a high-quality product, 
what good is it going to do you? So really doing your research and finding a company that you support that has a very good um, distillation system where they're getting the active ingredient out of the plant and they're also growing those plants in an organic, non-toxic environment. Because remember, whenever you take up in the, or whatever the plant takes up, you will be ingesting if that is not properly processed out of the of the oil or the tincture, the serum before you ingest it. Um, and just finding a farm that you can trust that has their information on their website that about their manufacturing processes. Alex talks about how she actually went to the farm. So going to the farm would be a really good option if it's something that you have close access to. And just doing your research before taking any new product because there is no regulation about these essential oils or CBD or supplements on a, on a federal level. The FDA doesn't regulate them. And so we really don't know if you're, you're getting what you're paying for, number one. And number two, if you're getting something maybe harmful, if there are heavy metals left in there, pesticides, residues, any of those things can be left on there. So I just urge you, if you're going to be exploring these, absolutely figure out how it can play into your wellness journey, but really figuring out a good manufacturer that is going to provide you with a high quality product. Anyway, Thank you so much for listening to my spiel. I hope that you have been enjoying the content that we've been bringing you. I'm really trying to post a lot of high quality information on our Instagram. So please follow us at healthformpod, P-O-D. And if you have any questions or anything, shoot me an email, healthformation.podcast at gmail.com. And for now, let's just get right on over to our episode with Alex. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. All right, everyone. So I'm here today with Alex and Alex is going to talk a little bit about her story and her how changing her diet has helped her to improve her health. So Alex, welcome to Health Formation. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for joining us. Um, so to start out, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, um, where you where you live now, how you grew up, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. I live in Eastern Pennsylvania now. Okay. Uh, kind of discovered Pennsylvania, I guess, because I'm a Kutztown University graduate. So mm-hmm. I attended college about 45 minutes from where I live currently. Okay. Um, grew up middle class. My dad was a judge on Long Island. My mom was a nationally known wildlife artist. Cool. And um, pretty average, you know, suburbs. Played a lot outside. Ate a lot of canned food, <laughs> quick <Okay>. easy meals. <laughs> I remember okay. Chef Boyardee and um, SpaghettiOs, stuff like that. Uh, eating out was kind of rare, um, but I think it was a matter of finances. Okay. McDonald's was a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Did your parents not really like to cook? Um, I don't know if it was not really liking to cook, but just like I think the convenience of having stuff that was really easy. I mean, I do remember my mom making really incredible dishes like uh, stuffed artichoke leaves, and yeah. that was a labor of love, things like that. For the But for the most part, I think it was just like, it, it wasn't all processed, ready-eat dinners, but I definitely was part of the TV dinner generation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so did you kind of eat like that for your whole life, or when did you start to eat differently? Uh, probably about, well, so I got, I, 
I started teaching fitness, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I was a fitness participant when I was pregnant with my daughter. Okay. I started taking aqua aerobics because, quite honestly, that was the only exercise that I I could tolerate with a beach ball <laughs> in my belly. And I loved it so much. I continued uh, after I had her. Okay. And one day the instructor jokingly said, so when are you going to start teaching the class? And I said, oh, I've thought about it. And I thought she was going to get whiplash. <laughs> and two weeks later, I literally was teaching aqua aerobics with no experience whatsoever because here's a little side note I was a professional stand-up comedian for 20 years Ooh, how fun <laughs> so this was like kind of out of my com- not yeah I mean it was out of my wheelhouse I certainly you know I, I was familiar from taking the class for over a year so yeah I went on to get my aerobics certification and then I found Zumba and fell in love with that and I taught pretty much almost every format of Zimba for six years. Um, So I would say I was health conscious, but not to the extent that I am now. So Um, do you still teach fitness classes now? I don't because I homeschool my two kids. I have a 12-year-old and an 8-year-old, and it just doesn't work for my schedule currently. And Zimba kind of fell out of popularity. I mean, I was teaching at the height of its popularity, so I was making really good money. And now I went back to teaching just for a couple months last year, and I was barely covering what it cost me to pay my monthly certification to teach Zimba. I do jazzercise, and I kind of think it's the same thing. Like some people are yeah. like, jazzercise is still a thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, jazzercise was uh, in the gym before we went in to do Zumba and it's still going strong in that yeah. gym. So it has a long lifespan. <laughs> it does. Did you start to experience some health problems or what happened? So what happened was I was teaching Zumba one night and one of my participants fell in the middle of class. And as you know, like you have to, you know, keep everyone's heart rate going. You just can't stop. Right. So I, I had about 85 people in my class that night wow. and I was on a stage and I had seen the person going down, like start to fall and, but I couldn't stop it from happening. So I kept doing the hand signals, telling people, you know, keep jogging. We'll, we'll assist the person. And this other participant ran over and I knew she was a nurse. That's all I knew. And so she said, I'll help her and you keep dancing. And, you know, I'm like, all right, great. Thanks. And so within a couple minutes, the woman who had fallen was back up and dancing. Okay. Which I was kind of mystified by the whole thing. I was concerned. (laughs) I was nervous because there was a half hour left of class. And all I knew was that she seemed to be fine. So after the class is over, I went over to her and I said, "Uh, how do you feel? She goes, I feel great. And I smell fabulous smell. And she lifted up her ankle. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what did she put on you? And she's like, oh, I don't know. And so it took me three days to find out who the nurse was and what she had put on this woman. And she had put essential oils. So I was really intrigued because I was having um, a discomfort with my foot at that time. And I kind of self-diagnosed, you know, when you start Googling all your symptoms and I'm like, oh, it's either plantar fascia or bone spur. So I called up the nurse and I thanked her and I said, hey, do you have anything that could help me? And so she's like, well, yeah, sure. See me before class. She put some oils on me. I never had another issue. And I was like, wait a second. Okay. I had seen it work on someone else. I'd felt it work on me. 
So I was like, I really would love to learn more about this because my mom has suffered from fibromyalgia for years. And it's just difficult because my parents are not local. And there would be days where I called my mom up on the phone and my dad's like, I'm sorry, she can't talk. She's in too much pain. Mm. And that was really hard for me to accept because, number one, my mom is my best friend and she has put herself, put others above her so many times. And being in the fitness industry, it was very frustrating that I couldn't even help my own mom, you know, in the health industry. So I was intrigued. And so I went to a class and learned more about oils. And I just kind of dove head in. And I always say that that was Pandora's box for me because then it really opened up my eyes to personal care product and chlorine, how chlorine affects your digestive system and all these things that I had no idea. And I thought, my gosh, if I am in the health and wellness industry and I don't know these things, I can only imagine people who are out there and just, you know, like a typical mom, you try and make the best choices for your kids. But my gosh, once you start learning, it is just never ending. It's literally Pandora's box. And once you learn it's like you just want to keep learning more and more and more, but it almost is to the point where it like drives you a little bit crazy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's scary on some level. So are you still doing the essential oils now? I am. I am. So I, I kind of like transitioned and that's like my main thing. So I have a home-based business and I am passionate about educating people, not just about essential oils, but just taking charge and being empowered about your, your health. So what happened to me was three years ago, I was diagnosed with severe ulcerative colitis. Uh, my mom is a colon cancer survivor. She was begging me to go see someone. And I think like most moms, we kind of push our health off to the side until it got to the point where I couldn't ignore it anymore. I actually was taken to the ER on Good Friday, four days before my scheduled colonoscopy. And of course, at that time, they could only tell that I had inflammation. I was diagnosed four days later when I had my actual colonoscopy. And so that was about four years into my journey with essential oils. And as I was coming out of the recovery, I said to my gastroenterologist, so what do I need to do? What foods do I need to avoid? And she's like, oh, no, not nothing. Don't worry about it. I'm going to prescribe a steroid. I'm going to prescribe this. I'm gonna... And I wasn't that out of it, if you know what I mean. I'm like, I'm lying there thinking, I have a digestive issue. And this woman is telling me what I eat doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I don't need a medical degree to know that that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. So I did my own research hard and fast and I completely changed my diet. I immediately cut out all sugars. I cut out all grains. You said this was about four years ago. Uh, th- um, three years ago is when I, I think I was diagnosed with severe ulcerative colitis. So how were you eating uh, around that time? Or what was your typical diet uh, like? Up to it? Yes. I mean, you know, it, I would consider it healthy, but it didn't stop me from, I would get, I <laughs> buy double stuff Oreos for the kids and I at the store. And, um, you know, I didn't eat a lot of processed foods. I was not eating organic. All I, I started making the transition to eating all organic. I was making what I thought were healthy choices, but certainly obviously not. <laughs> so like an Amer- standard American diet, but just like with a little bit more vegetables and plants, would you say that's about? Yeah, good- but my kids, so I have a 12 year old, almost 13, and she has never stepped foot in a McDonald's. 
So fast foods are not, you know, part of our regime. Um, going out for occasional sushi might be a treat for them. Um, but yeah, they think fast foods are evil places. <laughs> so how did you start to learn about the actual way that you should be eating to help kind of heal your gut after you were diagnosed with UC? So when that first happened, when that initially happened, I just kind of did it on my own. Okay. Um, I had a flare up though this past uh, last July and I knew that I could not live that way for very long. Like it, it just happened very fast and sudden and it was bad. And having had the first experience, I knew that I just didn't want to continue, you know, that lifestyle. Sure. So, um, I called a different gastroenterologist cause I did not, <laughs> I went, so the, the first gastroenterologist, I went back after my two week follow-up uh-huh. and I told her, I said, so I didn't listen to what you said and this is what I've done. And I, I did take the, I finished the round of steroids cause the inflammation was so bad, right. but I didn't take the lifetime maintenance pill, which she had prescribed for me. Um, because my nurse friend, the gal who introduced me to the oil, she explained to me, she's like, this is a lifetime maintenance pill. And I had already been through that with thyroid. I had thyroid issues since I was um, 16 years old. And so I'm taking a pill for the rest of my life for that. That's something else I, <laughs> I hope to be working on. Um, but yeah, I so I told the gastroenterologist, uh, this is what I've done. I, you know, I've drastically changed my diet and everything. And she's like, oh, that's great. That's, that's clean eating. And that's wonderful for most people, but most people don't adhere to it. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you even suggest it? And why is her attitude like, oh, you probably won't be able to maintain it. Like it should be, she should be ma- encouraging you to eat a healthy diet. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and you have to understand, I'm, I'm not anti-doctors. I'm not anti-medicine. Yeah. But what I am for is if you can treat it at a basic level, and I think what a lot of doctors are missing, um, at least um, in our society, is the nutrition. And, and you know, what you put in a car affects how that car runs. So right. how could it not correlate with the food that you put in your body? It directly right. affects how you run. So... Um, so, yeah, so the last July when I had a really bad flare-up, I called a different gastroenterologist. It was the first week in August when I called, and the soonest I could get an appointment was mid-October. Oof. And I knew that I could not survive that long. So they said, well, we can get you in to see a physician's assistant in September. And I said, fine, and I took that appointment. But I literally hung up the phone, found a nutritionist, and called them and she saw me within two weeks and after working with her for three weeks all my symptoms were gone and they have still been I, I don't have any symptoms as of now amazing so what did so, she what did she do for you so again it was all with diet she said we the number one thing that we have to do is tackle the inflammation which you're obviously dealing with in your gut and everything um i was taking a lot of supplements at the time and of course by that time i had been drinking kombucha regularly and taking probiotics every day but she took a lot of that stuff away from me just because she said we've got to heal the gut yes and so a lot a lot of squashes. <laughs> like I must know every squash known to man, whether it was butternut or spaghetti squash or egg corn squash. I could have organic chicken, organic beef, quinoa, brown rice, green beans, spinach, 
pickles, cucumbers, but then a lot of things that are most people consider healthy, like broccoli and cabbage, um, legumes took that all away. Nightshades took all the nightshades away, tomatoes, mushrooms, um, because she said they could actually trigger autoimmune disease. Yeah, a lot yeah of I just remember my kids. So I would see her every week and my kids felt terrible because they didn't want me to go see her because she kept taking she things away. Like she yeah. took away nuts, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I just bought coconut flour and almond milk and all this different yeah. stuff. She took that away. So she does a lot of muscle testing and she works with people on an individual basis. So just because someone's diagnosed with severe ulcerative colitis doesn't mean everybody who has severe ulcerative colitis responds to food the same way. Right. You know? So yeah. she's very individualized, did a lot of muscle testing. And that's why over the course of a couple of weeks, she's like, all right, we got to take, um, you know, we got to take nuts away from you. We got to take this away from you. So I'm still... I'm still adhering to that diet, not as strictly, though, as I did initially. So did she end up putting a lot of those foods back in for you? Not actually, not yet. Okay. Um, so it, it's, yeah, it's just gradual. Like she did allow me to have um, some coconut recently. Okay. So, yeah, she's just gradually kind of introducing it. But she also is encouraging me, you know, like <laughs> she didn't even want me to have honey. And I'm a tea drinker, and especially yeah. in the winter months, I, I yeah. need my cup of black tea in the morning. And she didn't want me to have honey with it, but I was just like, oh, I've given up so much. Yeah. <laughs> I just need a little bit of honey in that tea. So. so how have you been feeling since you've been eating this way? Awesome. I mean, you know, I feel like I have my life back. Anyone who's ever gone through it, like, knows how debilitating. It was one of the reasons why I actually stopped teaching Zumba. I stopped doing a lot of things. I stopped going to church. I just couldn't leave the house. It oh, was yeah. just, it was that, that fear of it could happen at any moment. And if you're not in a bathroom within seconds, then it's just embarrassing. No, no one wants to be an adult with a nickname poopy pants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> um, so you haven't had any flares or any symptoms or anything since none. She- your gut and did you end up going to that gastroenterologist I did and by the time te- well I saw I saw the physician's assistant uh-huh. in September and I said to her well at the time I made the appointment I had all these horrible symptoms I said but I've been working with a nutritionist and all those symptoms are gone she's like oh that's great that's fabulous and let me just you know do the normal take a blood pressure and everything so and she said um you know, and she looked at my chart and she's like, oh, okay, um, you know, your mom was a colon cancer survivor. So we might want to think about having um, a colonoscopy done. Yep. And so I kind of looked at her and I was like, not now. And so she's yep. like, I agree with you, you know, because I was still healing at that right. time. Um, and so she's like, we'll revisit it in the beginning of the new year. So that's kind of where we're at now. I have to look and see when I have an appointment with her. Did she say anything about the diet? Like, did she ask you what you were eating or how you had started to heal? She asked me a little bit, but really was like, oh, oh, okay, that's awesome. Well, I guess she was like, okay, it's working, so I don't need to ask you anything else. Exactly. Pretty much. And and she wasn't, you know, she didn't seem bothered or take it personal or anything like that. She's like, oh, all right, that's great. So you started to change over when you went to the nutritionist um, and then you started to change your diet. Did you just 
immediately that day dive right in or did you make like a small transitions to healthier eating? I dove in. I dove in because I had been there before and I knew that diet was a huge factor in everything. Um, I think stress was a huge factor in triggering my symptoms. Um, I didn't think it was the second time. And then I kind of thought about everything that was going on in my life personally. And I, I made a direct correlation, in fact, yeah. to stress. So I think both times stress played a huge, uh, a huge role. Um, the first time it happened, I had just pulled my daughter out of public school. And that's when I made the decision to start homeschooling and definitely feeling overwhelmed from that. Can you tell me a little bit about like a t- what you eat in a typical day? Sure. So I've gotten used to having, you know, so before I saw the nutritionist, I was probably having eggs almost every day for breakfast. Um, They're one of the things that she took away from me. I can have them like maybe cooked in a, you know, cake, gluten free. (laughs) have Have egg allergies. Does that do eggs bother you? I didn't think they did in the past. But you don't know. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, so, so I was eating eggs for breakfast before I saw the nutritionist. Now that I've seen her and she took them away, my typical breakfast breakfast would be, um, like chicken sausage or turkey bacon, minimally processed. So that, um, for protein, uh, quinoa or brown rice, I might throw some green beans in there, some cranberries, chopped up celery, you know, like I kind of make a porridge not a porridge but like a oatmeal kind of yeah yeah but yeah so that's my breakfast lunch I have been venturing out and having the um oh gosh I can't think of it it's a cheese but it's a vegan friendly cheese so it's like a nut cheese so I treat myself to a grilled cheese sandwich once a week (laughs) on brown rice bread I've actually found brown rice bread which was exciting (laughs) no gluten and no dairy right Correct. Okay. Yeah, no gluten, no dairy. I, I said to people, you know, it would actually be easier being a vegetarian than when I initially went on this diet because it was so restricting. Yeah. So restricted. And I had to travel in the beginning of October and I was really concerned about that. Um, I had a weekend conference. I knew I was going to be in meetings and, you know, on breaks at a hotel, you know, what yep. hotel food is like and everything. So, I, I just, I was really smart about it. I packed, we had a grocery store, you know, before we had the conference and everything. So I just got things that I knew that I could eat and that I could snack on. And then dinner, you know, I'll stick with, or again, organic chicken, green beans, quinoa. Uh, I haven't reintroduced white potatoes back, but just sporadically, not a okay. whole lot. Um, squash, I might have spaghetti for squash for breakfast. I might have it for lunch, you know. So So do your kids do this too? They do. So yeah, um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I cook a lot of the same meals week in and week out, but my kids are just, I mean, they go with the flow. They, they pretty much, when I was very strict about it, like see now last night I did have a gluten-free pizza with my son. My son has a gluten allergy. So my daughter ate organic pizza. My son and I ate organic gluten-free pizza. Um, but when I was really, really strict, the, I would l- make the pizza for them. And then I would have something that I knew was allowed. So I've gotten a little bit, you know, loose Lenient. with it. Yeah. But then I go right back to it the next day. So. so do you try to do all organic? Absolutely. Okay. What yep. do you 
think is the benefit of doing the all organic? There's so much stuff that's in the food these right. days. You know, I, I've, I've for for many years I was a big believer of eating the perimeter of the grocery store. Yeah. You know, I, I always try and had that rule. Um, but it's just everything that I've learned. I've watched so many documentaries, uh, whether it's forks over knives. I always tell people, if you want to get a great education on learning about personal care products, there's a documentary called Stink, which oh, is yeah. just, oh my goodness. Yeah, I could go off on that, but I won't. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just all these things that people are so unaware of and they don't think of. And, you know, and, and not that I am perfect. I mean, I used to get teacher gifts and Bed Bath and Body Works. You know, you you don't know what you don't know, but once you learn it, you cannot unlearn it. And it's, it's hard too, because I've been in a grocery store or, um, Boscov's. I was in Boscov's before Christmas and there was a very nicely dressed gentleman and he was about to buy some bath bombs for his daughter or whatever. And I said to him, I'm like, you may want to think twice about getting them. And he kind of turned around and looked at me and I'm like, so many of those products have like really harmful chemicals in them. And he goes, oh, really? Yeah, that's <laughs> you no know? idea. Yeah. And, and I don't care like that I'm the crazy person anymore. I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't I haven't said anything to people people yet, but I ha- am to the point where it's like on the tip of my tongue and I'm almost like, are you sure you want to buy that? Yeah. No, <laughs> but, I've said it. I've said it to plenty of people and I'm like, you know what? They, they can make their own choice. But hey, you know, at least if you get them to listen a little bit and maybe think twice. Right. So. So what do you use essential oils for? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. Let's just say I don't have the need to go to CVS and Walgreens anymore. Okay. <laughs> I use them. The biggest thing about essential oils that people, you know, and it, again, it kind of falls in the line of organic versus natural food and everything. It's very misleading. And because of the FDA regulations, something can say 100% pure organic essential oil. And the FDA requires that it only have 5 to 10% of actual oil in it. Oh. And even then... It can be leftover trash water from the distillation. Um, It can have cancer-causing chemical solvents in the distillation process, but they can still put 100% organic essential oil on the bottle. What? So, yes. Yes. So, like, that's why you have people who say, well, I've tried essential oils, and they don't work. And I'm like, well, you've tried them from the dollar bin at Target, And I'm sorry, but a bottle of rose essential oil doesn't cost $5. Right. (laughs) You're not trying the real thing. So we, I literally, like, I don't have a medicine cabinet. That is what I I carry them with me Um, everywhere I go. I have just a standard set of oils, you know, if the kids fall on the playground, if they get stung by a bee, if they fall and scrape their knee, I've got what I need always with me. So if somebody was interested in purchasing essential oils, how would they know that they were getting a high quality product? They have to do their education and their research. Okay. Is there like a specific brand that you recommend or? No. Well, I didn't know if I can mention it on here. Sure. Why not? So I'm associated with Young Living Essential Oils and they're the only company that I would trust, quite honestly, because I have been to their farms so they're the only essential oil company. They've been around for 26 years. They, okay. have farms, they have farms globally, and you can go to their farms and see the entire process. So they plant organic seeds. 
they cultivate it, they harvest it, they distill it, they put it in the bottle, they sell it. You know, people say, you know, how would it, how does it compare to any other company? I'm like, there is no comparison because there's no other company that is doing what they're doing. Right. It is unbelievable. They won't even buy land that has been farmed on for uh, under 50 years. Wow. So yeah, it's just incredible. That's crazy. Isn't like doTERRA or isn't that one? So doTERRA actually started by uh, Young Living upper executives who left Young Living. So are they good too or not really? They don't have their own farms. Okay. So So not good. Yeah. See, this is the problem. So right now CBD is really big. I don't know if you've ever used any CBD. And like as a pharmacist, my big thing is always like you need to get a high quality product because there's a very high chance that you're just spending a lot of money and getting coconut oil in a bottle right so it's really hard because there's no regulation of it it's a good thing and at at the same time because we get to have widespread distribution of the product but it's also a negative because we don't know if we're getting what we're actually think is in the bottle exactly exactly so young living actually has cbd oil um the members have been asking for it for quite some time but as I'm sure you're aware of, there's so many legalities. There's states yeah. that still don't allow it to be sold and everything. So Young Living found a farm in Colorado that mm-hmm. had the same practices. Young Living has very strict practices when it comes mm-hmm. to their standards. Um, it's quite often that they go out of oils, out of stock, because they just won't put it in a bottle to appease their customers, right. which is good and it's bad. You know, I mean, it's good that they just won't. Good bow down to the fact that people are upset that this particular oil is out of stock. But here's the thing. It's mother nature. Right. (laughs) You cannot control if there's been a bad crop or, you know, didn't get the amount of rain to produce the most effective quality of essential oil. Right. So yeah, it's the same exact thing. And of course the CBD, that's another whole can of worms because now there's all these claims that are being made about CBD oils and the FDA is like, no, 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 no. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can get CBD. It's, it's the same as essential oils. You can get CBD at a gas station. Oh my God. Do you really want to use that? <laughs> and that's what I tell people because like CBD is like, it's basically a crop that you put on the, that you grow quickly on the soil to get all the crap out of the soil. And they're, doing that like in China and then sending us the CBD because they know that we'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And so we're basically ingesting all of the crap that is in the soil that shouldn't be in our food right. through the CBD. But people don't realize that and they don't ask because they just go and get what's cheap at the at the gas station. We'll go into right. the pharmacy. Yes, you're going to spend $70 on a bottle, but you're going to get a high quality product that's maybe actually going to help you. Right. That's a big thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, same thing, you know, people don't want to spend money on quality essential oils, like, oh, they're too expensive. And it's like, okay, here's the thing. You can invest in your health now, or you can pay hospital bills and doctor bills and co-pays later. Like either way, you're going to wind up spending money. So I'd rather spend the money now and have a long and healthy life than to take the chance and to be paying for it years down the road. So I agree. So if you have like one essential oil that you recommend the most, which is like your favorite one. (laughs) That is so tough. Uh, Frankincense. Okay. 
frankincense. And so here's the thing, like like CBDs, you know, you can't make claims, but I tell people you really want to learn about frankincense. Um, go to, are you familiar with the website PubMed? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So PubMed.com, look up frankincense essential oil and you will realize why it was given to baby Jesus. Like it is a valuable oil. Okay. I'll I'll definitely look that up. Maybe I'll get some frankincense. I don't have any essential oils right now, so. Oh, they're awesome. Um, So since you've changed your lifestyle, what kind of positive changes have you noticed in your own health? I just, I have a very positive outlook, I think, because for the most part, I'm healthy. Right now, I'm battling a head cold that my husband generously shared with me. When you feel good about yourself, people see that. And they, they want to experience that too, because my goodness, we are so inundated with just, we're a sick society, you know, whether it's stress or anxiety, anxiety has to be the number one thing that people ask me when it comes to essential oil. Oh, is there an essential oil for anxiety? It's just, everyone is dealing with so much these days. And so I think, you know, if, and, and that's, what's so cool too, about the essential oils is that they work on an emotional level. And so there's been a lot of research that ties illness in to things that have happened that your body kind of stores in different places because it doesn't know how to deal with it at that time. And then it comes through as a physical ailment. But if you actually treat the emotion, then a lot of times the physical symptoms can actually disappear, which is really interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I, I know how important being healthy is even when I had a flare up back in August, one of the things I did was I joined a gym. Um, it's called soldier fit. I believe it was founded by a retired military. So all the classes are boot camp style classes. And I just knew I needed to do something to make it feel like I had some sort of control over my body. Um, so when my health started getting stronger or my digestive system started healing, then my health started getting stronger. I was getting up three times a week, five 30 in the morning to work out. And you just really feel good when you're yeah. in that place, you, you yeah. know, mentally, physically, emotionally, it's a really good place to be. So yeah. I just knew how important it was for me to get there. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to start though. It is. Um, but I think it's important. Like you just gotta, you you have to do it. Right. You know, and and you have a choice. I I think a lot of people, they make, yes, it is difficult, but what's the alternative? You know, I mean, my, my brother's a very positive person. And and one day a lady said, why are you always so happy? Why are you smiling? (laughs) And he said, lady, what's the alternative? Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it is like, it's, it's not, it's work. It's work being healthy. It's work learning to read labels and shop the right way. It is work, but my goodness, it is worth it. It's easier in society today. It's so much easier to be unhealthy than it is to be healthy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even it's gotten to the point where even where people who think they're making healthy choices are still doing things that are unhealthy or negatively affecting them. Right. There's a new place near uh, near us, a, a local place, and I, I support local businesses. And um, it's a smoothie place, you know. And they promote that they have uh, healthy healthy drinks, healthy smoothies. And every day they show up on my Facebook feed, and I'm seeing um, dyes <laughs> and and sprinkles and chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, wait a second, how are these drinks healthy? But they're doing well. 
Yeah. Because they're saying they're healthy, but I'm looking at them going, that's a rainbow drink. How is that healthy? And it probably has so many artificial sweeteners in it. Right. So what is your advice for someone who is getting ready to make a major lifestyle change and they just need that little extra push? What what kind of what advice can you give them to help them implement a, a new life, healthier lifestyle? They have to be committed and they have to realize that tomorrow is not promised. And so to wait another day is to take a really big chance. And if we're talking about a parent, realize that the decisions that you make are not only affecting your health, but your children's health and your grandchildren's health, because there's a huge impact and a huge opportunity that you have as a person, uh, a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, uncle, whatever it is, you don't even have to be in the position of being a mother or father, but you have a big influence by the choices that you make and those who are around you. So I think it's crucial. I mean, I yes, I joke about the fact that my daughter will come running across the street going, I can't believe Lily's eating a Tic Tac. It has red four in it. <laughs> I'm like, I've created a monster. <laughs> but at the same time, it's pretty awesome that my daughter at 12 years old is very aware of what dyes do and yeah. you know, what they do to your body and all these different things and how they affect you. I'm like, that's pretty awesome. So yeah, it might be weird to some people, but at the same time, it's like, I am empowering her at a very young age and, and something that I wish I had, but I'm glad that I'm able to pass along to her. So it's, it's also terrifying to think that like your children are impacted by the toxic load of your grandparents. Like it goes three generations that is crazy. Yeah. So I'm impacting my great-grandchildren or my grandchildren. Right. Like, you don't even think about that. Okay. Any other, um, anything else, any other advice or tips you would like to provide to our listeners? I would say to keep a positive mindset. I mean, gratitude is really, I'm very much about personal development. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love if I'm making dinner or lunch or doing the laundry, whatever it is, I'm doing something that I consider mundane, an activity that I can actually do something, you know, multitask. <laughs> I don't like to multitask. I don't think our brains are wired for it. But if I know that I can do something automatic, like make dinner or fold laundry and listen to something at the same time, I will. And so I like to just pull up videos on YouTube, motivational speeches. Um, there's a great one called Impact Theory. Okay. Um, about people just really reaching their highest potential. And I think a lot of people just fall into the mundane society of doing what everybody else is doing, whether it's eating what everyone else is eating or, you know, you just have to go to a nine to five job and be miserable. I've never understood that mentality. You know, I guess that's why I was a stand-up comedian for 20 years. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty out of the box. Yeah, um, that's awesome. But I, I just want people to realize that life is such a gift. Health is an incredible gift. And yes. unfortunately, people don't realize it until they're sick, until it's taken away from them. And it doesn't have to get to that point. You yep. have to make a choice and you do have a choice. I think a lot of people don't feel they have a choice. You do have a choice. Yeah. You have to make that choice. And like I said, it's not always going to be easy. It's going to be hard work, 
but in the end, it is worth it. Yep. Yeah, you do. You have to choose health every day. So if people would like to connect with you, any social media platforms where they can find you or email or anything like that? Oh, my goodness. Well, I am on Facebook. I believe my profile is public. It's Alex House, H-O-U-S-E, just like the noun. Uh, I'm on Instagram, I think is Alex House. I I didn't know my social skills. (laughs) <laughs> my email is funny lady f-u-n-n-i-e-l-a-d-y at gmail.com and i do have a web page a house of oils.com a house of oils.com okay i'll link the that in the show notes as well if anyone's interested in reaching out to you about okay. drink sense or other essential oils <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so my final question what is your one health and wellness tip that you would like to leave our listeners with? Eat food that's going to give you life and work out. <laughs> and Move have fun doing it. <laughs> yes. Well, Alex, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really enjoyed it. I definitely feel like I learned a lot about you. And I definitely have some things I need to look up about <laughs> essential oils. I'm going to search, do some PubMed searching when we get done. There you go. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for chatting with me. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for, yeah. Loved it. All right. Well, I hope you have a good night. Thank you. You as well. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.